Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Yeah, dear God, thank you that you are the good, good father to us. Thank you that no matter where we go, no matter what we do, you love us. You are a good, good father to us and help us know that. Amen. Please be seated. How are we all doing? We doing good? Right, come on now. How are you all doing? We doing good? Thank you. Right. My name is Joe Harris. I'm a youth leader here at Barrington. So it's been a pleasure and honour to watch Jonah, Harriet, Lois and my little Borevs stand up today and go, this is me, this is who I am and I'm not ashamed. Some of you are probably new here. We've got a lot of guests. Welcome. Um, you are loved. You're accepted here. We're happy that you're here um, no matter what your beliefs. And some of you have walked in today. You've seen some teenagers come into this pool, get dunked, everyone's clapping, and you're really confused because we don't really get what's going on. Because what is baptism? Why have these teenagers decided to go and sue some water in front of a couple hundred people? Baptism is an outward response to something that has already happened inside. Like my dad didn't suddenly get grey hair. His grey hair was an outward response to the inner struggle and stress of having four children, me being one of them. (laughs) So baptism is an outward sign to a decision that's already been made. The next few minutes, I want to highlight what that decision is and look into that. So we're going to be looking from the Bible. We believe this speaks true and real 2,000 years after it was written. And as we read earlier, the verse we're looking at is Acts 15, 10 to 11. This is just one verse that reminds us what it's all about. You know in your families you have like traditions? So for example, Christmas Day. You know Christmas Day, you do the same thing each year, you have your tradition, and we don't go out of that tradition. It's the same here. We've same with the Christians. They've had these traditions, how they've been brought up, and now the faith is expanding and there's these new Christians and these new Christians haven't followed the traditions so these old Christians are like this is not fair you guys need to follow all these traditions before you can have a relationship with Jesus but Peter's going no it's not about following all these family traditions it's about having a relationship with Jesus let's look verse 10 so why are you now trying to out God God loading these new believers down with rules that crushed our ancestors, that they crushed us too. Many people reject Christianity, I believe, is because they don't think they can do a lot of stuff. They think it really hones them in. Like, I can't be a Christian because I can't have fun. can't be a Christian because I can't go to parties. I can't be a Christian because I can't drink alcohol. They have all these things they see because they believe it's going to crush them. But the first thing we see here is that a relationship over rules. Turn to your neighbour and go, relationship over rules. Right, we're going to need to be a bit more wakey now, come on. Right. (laughs) Peter reminds them that it's not about whatever family traditions they have, but it's about having a relationship. These new believers have discovered a new living relationship with Jesus. They've discovered what it's all about. They found this security, this love, and this comfort in Jesus. And it wasn't being overwhelmed with rules. 
It was purely a relationship. Here, Peter is going, these traditions and rules haven't brought us close together, but they've rather crushed us. I think people outside the church can feel like this too. They look inside, they see all these traditions and rules, and they feel like, I can't go in there, that's going to crush me too. And we place these traditions and rules, and it's like we placed a wall between them and Jesus, which is full of these traditions and rules. And if we're honest, if we look at these traditions and rules, we hardly got over that wall, or we're still climbing. It's not about that at all. And this is something the church has done throughout history. You have to do this. You can't do that. You must follow this list of things before you can be loved by him. We will accept you, but only after you've done this, this, and this. You have to do all these things before you have a relationship with God. And Peter is going, no, that's not what it's all about. So let's stop making it hard for new believers to meet my God. Because my God came down not to build rules and regulations, but to knock them down. He came down and he smashed every religious rule and regulation and said, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, I love you and I just want a relationship with you. It is not about traditions. It is about a relationship. And you know relationships. You want the other person to succeed. Same here with Jesus. Jesus wants us to succeed and be the best version of ourselves. Um, but that all comes after relationship. He's told us things that are wise and things that aren't wise, but that's after this. You see, you think of parenting. I'm walking down the street. My parents go, Joe, get in this car. I'm going to get in the car. Why? Because I trust them and I love them. Next one. I'm walking down the street. A stranger goes, Joel, get in this car. I'm going to go no and I'm going to run away. Why? Because there's no trust or relationship there. There's trust and relationship with my parents, but there isn't with a stranger. Saying like this with Jesus. I try and live the book the way I try and live the way the book tells me to live, because I have a relationship with God. I know He wants the best of me, so I trust Him. But we can't expect non-believers to follow these rules and traditions when they haven't even got a relationship. It is a relationship over rules. Okay, Peter carries on. Why are you now trying to outgod God, loading these new believers down with rules that crushed our ancestors and crushed us too? Don't we believe we are saved? Peter brings it to the center now. He's basically going, we all need to be saved and we are saved. I think a better word to use here is rescued. This verse reminds us that we need to be rescued. If you're taking notes, next thing I want you to write down is rescued, but not the rescuer. We live in a fallen world. You don't have to be a Christian to see this. With climate change, politics, and poverty, you don't have to look far to see this world as a mess. Not just on a global scale, but on such an inner scale. So much of the time, I feel lost. I feel insecure. I feel in need of help. I feel in need of rescuing. And I'm not the only one. A bit of backstory about me is I've worked on social media for a few years now. I get messages every day from people in my generation going, I need help. I need a savior. I'm self-harming. I'm suicidal. I'm overdosing. And they know they need help. They're in such a bad place. and They know they need rescuing, but they just can't see the savior. And they've tried everything. Like every generation before them, they've tried everything under the books to try and rescue themselves. But the fact is, we can be rescued, but we can't be the rescuer. But there is one rescuer. 
That's Jesus. Jesus came down from heaven. So when we fall, he lifts us back up. He came down to save us, to rescue us. So we've been rescued. But how much do I owe for this rescue? Last part of the verse. Don't we believe that we are saved because the master Jesus amazingly and out of sheer generosity moved to save us? Last point. There's nothing I owe. Evan and my dad love watching this program called Saving Lives at Sea. It's a show that follows the RNLI as they go out on their boats and they save people and then they bring them back. Once these people have been brought back, they go, okay, thank you so much for saving me. Really appreciate that. How much do I owe you? And to their surprise, the RNLI reply, there isn't one. But that's not necessarily true. You see, the boats they go out in cost over a million pounds each. There's a price, but the price for the rescue has already been paid by someone else. Much like it has with us with Jesus. We have been rescued by Jesus, and the price for that rescue has already been paid. And that's the reason the cross is everywhere. Because this cross symbolizes the sheer generosity and love of Jesus, that he saved us no matter what we've done. He's seen everything you have done, will do, and are doing, and has forgiven it in full. The price of your rescue has been paid. But that's so hard to get our head around because of the world we live in right now. We live in a world of IOUs and everyone is in debt to someone and generosity is sometimes very hard to come by. But once we grasp this, it's so powerful because Jesus has forgiven you for everything you ever do. Everything you don't even know you're going to do, he's forgiven you for already. It's crazy that he's done that, but it's hard to get our head around because we're so caught up in ourselves. We're so caught up in what we have done and how we have behaved. And we don't believe we deserve it. If we look at our life, we don't believe we deserve forgiveness. We don't believe we deserve to be rescued. And people tell us we shouldn't. And if we're honest, we shouldn't. But that's where grace comes in. Because Jesus has seen everything and he still loves us. He's seen our faults and our failures and he still loves us. But wait, Joel, you don't get what I did last year. No, I don't get it, but Jesus does, and Jesus loves you. No, Joel, okay, last year, but last month I did that thing, and I I haven't told anyone. Jesus knows what you did, and he's forgiven you. But Joel, last week I did that thing what I shouldn't have done, I know I shouldn't have done it, and I feel guilty, and I feel insecure about it, and I haven't told anyone. Jesus knows, he forgives you. Joel, you don't know what I did last night. Jesus does. And he forgives you. Jesus see, he sees, he knows everything you will do and have done and are doing. And he simply goes, I forgive you. And he doesn't just go, I forgive you. He gets it and he understands. Let me prove it to you. Hebrews 2. It says, since the children, that's us by the way, have flesh and blood, he too, that's Jesus, shared in their humanity. Goes further on to say, because he himself has suffered with temptation. He is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus came down in full human form and emotion and gets it. You see, everything you've gone through, you feel like you're the only one. But you're not. Jesus did all this. He had longings. He had temptation. He experienced it. He gets it. He didn't stay up in heaven looking down on us and going, you shouldn't have done that. 
No, he came down from heaven to walk alongside us in this relationship so that when I fall, he picks me back up. When I go the wrong way, he turns my head and keeps me going. This picture of Jesus not being up there, but actually Jesus being down here is what it's all about. This is what Christianity is about. It isn't about traditions. It isn't about rules. It's about relationship with Jesus and you. He loves you. He's walking beside you and he wants a relationship with you. That's what Christianity is. And you see, he knows everything you've done. He knows all of your insecurities. He knows everything you will do, you are doing. He sees behind your masks. He sees the things you don't, no one else want, you don't want anyone else to see. He gets your insecurities. He gets your faults. He gets your failures. He sees it all and he goes simply, you are my child and I love you so much that I just want a relationship with you. I just want you to to succeed. I want to see the best in you. And he goes, please, please, it's not about rules and regulations. I just want to have a relationship with you. Will you have a relationship with me? And that's what it's really all about. Claire. Let's just uh, close our eyes for one moment. Joel said so much in that. But the overwhelming thing he said was you are loved and that there is someone who longs to be in relationship with you and his name is Jesus. Let's just stop and be quiet just for one moment. Then we're going to sing together. But what is God trying to catch your attention about? From all you've seen and heard today... Is your heart full of praise and worship? Is your, your head full of questions? Where, where are you at? What is God saying? And then we're going to stand and sing.